Hello and good morning, everyone. Welcome back to the Coffee People podcast presented by Roast West Coast. I'm Ryan Wolt, and this is the show where we meet and are inspired by the entrepreneurial stories of coffee people. Today I'm chatting with Alan Escalante, the founder and head roaster of Twin Lens Roasters and Film Lab in La Puente, California, a community just east of Los Angeles. It's a unique business that combines coffee and film photography, two of the more addicting activities one can devote their time to. I'm saying that from experience. Also addicting are our phones. I recently smashed mine to bits, and for two equally wonderful and yet stressful days, I lived like a pioneer on the wild, wild frontier. I even wrote out directions to ascend coffee roasters on a piece of paper and then found my way across town, like our forefathers did, without the aid of GPS. Luckily, I was able to replace my pocket computer fairly quickly, enabling me to follow at Twin Lens Roasters on Instagram and to get online to see the coffees Alan has roasted and decided were worthy of sharing with us on TwinLensRoasters.com. Okay. It's time to get into another Coffee People conversation. I recommend listening to this show with a fine single-origin Ethiopia or a white chocolate lavender latte. Whatever coffee you enjoy is the best coffee for you. While you listen to this chat with Alan Escalante, founder, head roaster, and film developer at Twin Lens Roasters. Any questions uh, before I jump into the show? No, no questions, but it's nice to finally put a face to the name. <laughs> well, I yeah. appreciate that. Speaking of names, uh, if you could, for everyone listening in the future, uh, let us know your name, the name of your company, and what was your favorite TV show as a kid? So my name's Alan Escalante. Uh, I'm the owner and head roaster of uh, Twin Lens Roasters, a small coffee company out of La Buente, California. And my uh, favorite TV show as a kid, man, that's that's a hard one. But it's either a toss between Courage the Cowardly Dog on Cartoon Network or probably Power Rangers. And I'm going to have to look up uh, that first one. I don't know that I've ever heard of it. It is super weird. Like very, <laughs> very weird. Yeah, but it's a, it's a good show. That set the tone kind of for your childhood then? <laughs> Oh, yeah. I, I was a weird kid, 100%. That's good. Weird kids are always the best kids. <laughs> uh, you're not just a coffee company or coffee roaster, though. You're also a film photography developer, which I'm excited mm -hmm. to get into in a little bit. I have a long history with photography as well. But I'd love to get started to learn a little bit more about you and specifically if you had a first experience kind of with coffee or coffee generally that you remember that made you kind of take notice, uh, so to speak. I've been drinking coffee since I was little because my mom would just <laughs> feed me like the Folgers like one of those called the instant coffees and I would absolutely destroy those just a little bit of Splenda in there I don't know why but everyone in my family is diabetic and it was always like Splenda and a Folgers cup <laughs> I would drink those like crazy and then it kind of gradually changed to Starbucks when I was a little older and i been going to coffee shops since I was maybe 12. Once I hit college, I kind of was like branching out a little bit into different things. Learned about specialty from my partner at the time. They worked at a specialty coffee shop in Rancho Camonga called Clatch. So 
that was kind of the first experience I had with that. And then from there, it's just been learning and about different coffees. I, for fun, I would watch a lot of YouTube videos. James Hoffman, I started off with him back in the day because I was super interested in just figuring out what coffee was. And I was right before the show, I looked up what was the first video I watched by him. And I remember uh, I was sitting down with my, my ex's family and we just watched a video about French press, which is <laughs> one of his first videos six years ago. So 2016 was around when I got into delving into specialty. It wasn't too crazy, but I've always had this idea of, man, coffee could be a lot more than what, uh, you know, that cup of folders with Splenda in it. That's really interesting. So I am not a, I was not a person who was watching a lot of YouTube videos. Um, coincidentally, my mother is like a YouTube fanatic. I mean, that's all she does. <laughs> she She's like, oh, I want to learn this thing. And she goes right to YouTube. So I didn't actually learn about James Hoffman's videos, which are, are great ways to break down uh, complex coffee concepts in the simple, you know, six minute intervals until much later. Like even after I started this show, I wasn't really uh, in that, which is, I think is kind of interesting because I hear about him a lot as a influence, especially the last few years. Mm -hmm. What were you doing? You obviously have a coffee company now, but what were you doing leading up to this? What were you doing before this on your website? It says that you were in the film uh, photography industry, but was that always like your plan was to work in photography or how did you get started with that in the first place? Before the the worldwide pandemic took over. Oh, I've heard of that. Had a, yeah, I think, we, I think we all have. Um, <laughs> <laughs> before that, it was, I was a, working three different jobs. I was getting into weddings with, uh, there's a company out in Costa Mesa, California, uh, called film supply club. And, uh, the owner is his, uh, he's a pretty well-known wedding photographer. His name's Braden Flynn. I was working with him. I was working at a college nearby and also doing freelance on the side for my own personal stuff, working in, uh, for small businesses, doing photo and like video projects and stuff. But pandemic hit, I lost everything and uh, I went to work at Amazon for a bit because I didn't know what the heck to do. And I've always thought, okay, well, my career is going towards photography. I've been going to school for it. I've been uh, a photographer for, at that point, three, four years. And I was just like, oh, man, I, I want to find a job in, in photography. And uh, I happened to just look through Instagram. And at the time, there was a startup that just moved from the East coast to the, to here in Camarillo. I remember just reaching out through Instagram, just a, a simple message. And I was like, Hey, if you guys need any help, like I'd be willing to drive out and, and help you guys out. They were a small company called negative supply at the time where their main focus was creating these products or they were film holders where you would slide your film in on one side and it had a pair of silicone rollers on the other. And you would put your film in, you'd have a light underneath that would shine through film, and then a stand where you'd connect your camera with a macro lens, basically be able to scan your film in digitally. <laughs> it was just easy to switch over to that for me, because I had been interested in film because of school. I started with them in, in 2020, and then for about a year was in the film industry, developing products and stuff like that with them. And then... I've always I've had the idea of creating a coffee company for a couple of years uh, before then. And I was just like, man, I want to make a studio and where people can come drink some coffee and uh, take some photos and stuff like that. I never 
expected to get into film photography like that. But with going to that company, I started developing my own film, shooting a lot of four by five and different formats of, of film. And over the course of two years, just learning about developing and like, the tactile feel of everything. And I was just like, I fell in love with that process. And then from there, just was like, hmm, I, I see all these like small uh, businesses popping up for film labs with uh, all this new technology where it's so much easier to scan people's film. Why don't I include that in my business? And I've been doing it for a couple of years. And then I was like, okay, I think I can, I think I can get, get something like this off the ground. I left the company and from one of my portraits that I'd taken, because at the time I was doing a project where I would take photos of small business owners and other people in small in industries like that. I'd gone to a coffee shop that I currently still work at and taken a portrait of the uh, director of coffee there. He then was just like, Hey, if you ever need a job, like, let me know. So <laughs> six months after six months after that, it was the time that I left and I reached out to him and I was like, Hey, would you be able to train me in coffee roasting and, and things like that? And he was just like, why don't you come work as a barista and we will show you the ropes on roasting. That didn't end up happening, but I still worked as a barista for about a year and a half. And I became their social media person. And I still do like all that stuff for Golden State Coffee Roasters here in Placentia, California. I started learning about roasting from them a little bit, kind of picking up little things here and there and just learning on my own and learning from a friend of mine who roasts over in, uh, in Palm Springs. So I just kind of started just bringing in all that knowledge and trying stuff out, testing on my own, and from it just blossomed from there. So I don't know if that made sense. I went on a big tangent, but... No, that's uh, the show's all about tangents. I mean, it's about your, your journey, and it probably felt like that in the moment of not knowing like six months from now where I'm going to be. And everyone felt yeah. like that, you know, during COVID. Am I doing what I want to do? Am I with the person I want to be with? Am I, you know, happy in my situation? How can I make it better? I actually worked in a uh, dark room uh, through college. That was my college job. Um, And then worked for a film developing company as well. That was my first real job out of college was selling camera equipment and and developing film. And I used to do it at home in my closet, but it, it sounds like it was much more complicated <laughs> 20 years ago where I was running hoses from different sinks in the living room and the bathroom and, uh, <laughs> and, and all kinds of stuff. As far as the coffee part goes, actually, you know what? I think we should ask a very important question before we go any further, which is what type of cameras do you shoot on? What's your go-to if you're going to go out and take a portrait or a picture? Or what are you doing? If I'm taking a portrait and I'm intentional about it, I usually take my, my four by five camera. I think it captures a lot more just in general detail because the film is the size of my face, but it, it's a feel of that. It's like it, all this stuff goes back to tactile feel. I have, um, I have ADHD and it's just like anything that I can touch and feel like when I'm roasting, it's, uh, it's that feeling of like grabbing the machine, bringing out the coffee, smelling it, every sense in my body, just like going towards that. It, it just feels amazing. So it's the same thing with, uh, with film cameras for me, but four by five, it's, you have to really be intentional about it because every shot is like five bucks if you're shooting on color. And so I'm going in and just like, I'm connecting my shutter, uh, shutter release cable 
to my lens on the front of my camera. I'm putting in the film holder, checking all of the uh, the focus to see if I'm like perfectly sharp in focus because the film plane on a big camera like that is so difficult to like get it spot on. So it's just like feeling that, making sure that everything's level and all that stuff because everything like every shot counts as I said. It's just that like that feeling just like oh, I love it. But if I'm going out and just like shooting like friends and family and stuff, I always take my twin lens camera. So I have a Yashica Mount 124G. Super random camera, but it has um it's like 50 years old nowadays. And mine's broken now, but <laughs> I have to go get it repaired actually. I love that thing. I I shoot most of my family stuff on that with like a flash unit on the side. So I just carry that thing around. Like it's hefty, but it gets the job done and it looks absolutely beautiful. I love the tactile feel of that sort of picture taking and the the tension that comes with knowing you can't take a hundred photos to get one. There's a precision to it, and you and you you mentioned intentionality, which I think is a key component of both photography and coffee. Do you find that you have skills that overlap in both or character traits that you think benefit you in these industries? Well, for one, going back to the tactile feel of things, it's like I said, both of them, it's, it's the feeling of going through and taking the photo. It's the feeling of going through and like intentionally figuring out what's happening in your roast. Obviously they're a little, they're different, but that, that same feeling kind of like, is all across both it's it just feels very nice to do both of those things when i'm in the moment but i I don't know how to connect them necessarily but it's just definitely that feeling of uh you're making a product or you're making a photograph on this tangible thing one you're gonna see and the other one you're gonna taste it's just like the coolest thing to me and somebody will somebody else will get to experience it then you mm-hmm. mentioned that you worked as a barista uh, with the intent of learning roasting, and that wasn't really happening. When did you actually physically start roasting? How did you get into that, finding a place to roast? I'm assuming uh, through your work connections, but maybe not. And working now, you only have a few coffees available kind of at any given time so far that I've seen. I'm guessing you're working in small batches. Very much so. So how did you get started roasting? And what has that experience been like? What do you like about working with a small amount of coffee? So I'd say with like any, just to go off of the working with small, small amounts of coffee with going in bigger batches, I feel like it's a little bit more difficult to control what I want in it. I've jumped to 25 pound roasters a couple of times and it's just like the, the feel of it is definitely different. Getting into like more sciencey terms, it's more, the um i forget what the the term is but when the roaster is heating up it takes a little bit more energy to basically get the same amount of heat in that so i like working on smaller roasters specifically i work on a san franciscan six over at the uh, coffee collective in san diego so i drive down every so often and roast down there i rent out the roaster and everything it's a little easier to do that than to buy a $15,000 roaster and, you know, not have a place to put it other than my house. So as a very small business, I'm able to use a place like that to basically grow my business over time. I forget his name. I think his name is Tyler, but he made, 
a, he had a coffee shop a couple of years ago in San Diego and he did the same thing where he started out of his garage and then started roasting in bigger batches over at, uh, at the coffee roasting collective in, uh, San Marcos near, uh, near San Diego. So, um, a friend of mine showed me him and I was like, well, why can't I do that? So I ended up just, um, uh, going and shadowing my, my buddy. He's a Vagabond Roasting Co. in, in Palm Springs. And he does the same thing. He learned from, from Tyler and was just like, all right, so I'm going to go to San Diego with him and see how this whole thing is done. And at the time I was like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> I'm sorry if I can't <laughs> no, curse on the show, but no yeah. problem. Like what, how do you even understand any of this? And he was like, I can't really necessarily teach you. You just kind of have to figure it out in a way. And so I, like I said, I picked up a couple books and that Scott Rayo book. Man, I can't remember his first book and his second book, but it's the roasting ones. Yeah. The art of roasting and the art of roasting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The beginner's guide to, to roasting, something like that. But I picked those up and I, I kind of have already a, a culinary background because I, I technically am a home cook and I've been in the food like world for my entire life because my dad works for uh, the food industry. And so I've been drilled into my head on everything culinary. There's a lot of practices that you can transfer from cooking food over to making coffee. I saw those similarities and I was like, this doesn't seem too difficult. It's just figuring out like when to basically change the heat on your roaster to achieve the results that you want. It it wasn't super difficult for me. It was just kind of like learning the roasting curves and everything and making sure not to fuck it up and burn it, which I've done <laughs> a couple times. Over time, as I got the hang of it and started seeing and comparing roasts to different uh, different places that I wanted to, I went to Bodie Leaf Coffee here in uh, in Orange County. And I was like, okay, they have this coffee. It's an it's a Ethiopia Guji. Let me get that same, buy that same green from them and compare my roast to theirs. See what I want to bring out, what I don't want to bring out. And so their roast, it was a little bit more on the medium side. And I remember saying, I kind of want more of the citrus in this coffee. So I'm going to see, I'm going to roast lighter. So I, I was watching a couple of YouTube videos and this old, this old gentleman was just like, he was one of those guys that, uh, that roasted by smell and, and sight. And I was like, I'm not going to do that, but I am going to apply the same principles of like when you're roasting the coffee, there's a certain moment that you stop smelling certain aspects where that aroma and that, uh, that aromatic scent of a coffee just kind of goes away. So it's like, you can burn off the berry scent in a coffee and that may indicate to you, Hey, you've gone a little bit over and you may not get that flavor. That's from my personal experience. I remember seeing the same thing at Golden State from the head roaster at the time. And I was like, okay, maybe there's some merit to this. You're combining the art with the science. Exactly. The sensation yeah. of roasting coffee with the knowledge of roasting coffee is, is what mm-hmm. it sounds like you're saying. How long were you roasting before you felt comfortable giving your coffee to people or and saying, hey, this is a reflection of what I'm trying to do. What do you think? Because I feel like that's a I real just, emotional moment in the beginning. Yeah. It took me about a year. So I started roasting in like March of 2020. And then I knew that I wanted to start the company, but I wasn't 100% sure on the name, on what to really put out there necessarily. And so 20, 
2020, I was like, okay, let me start doing this and figuring this out. And then eventually I will start the company. So I had the, the knowledge of roasting for about a year and it was a lot of trial and error and roasting in small batches. So I would, I would go to the, to San Diego because I only had, I only had access to roasters there. I remember roasting the second time in their facility on their, uh, Mill City sample roaster, 500 grams. And I was like, okay, perfect. I'm going to learn on this. <laughs> and I, I remember sitting in the room with a bunch of other coffee people while they're trying to make a sale. And I'm roasting on this machine and I, I didn't turn the, the air valve on, on the machine. So all of the smoke was just collecting in the, uh, in the drum. And I remember this, <laughs> I remember the roast just like spiking horribly. And I was like, Oh shit, I don't know what to do. What am I doing? Oh my God. And the machine just starts bellowing smoke at the top. <laughs> and like one of the guys is just looking at me as I'm doing it. And I was like, this is awful. <laughs> this is horrible. I should just quit and like never do this again. But I continued regardless. Nothing happened that day. I was just like, I'm just going to drop everything. And the beans were completely burnt on the outside. I was like, hmm, okay, maybe let's not do that again. And then I jumped up to a one pound afterwards and started learning profiles on bigger batches other than samples and really getting a feel for like what happens when I drop it at this temp. What happens when I drop it at this temp? What happens if I just, I take it the first crack and I just drop it there. And so a lot of testing different things. And that's kind of how I just got the ideas for my, my roast right now. I tend to roast a little bit on the, the lighter side as most third wave places do, but I really want to bring out the inherent notes of the coffee. So in my Ethiopia that I sell now, it's I want to bring out that that citrus first and foremost, and have the chocolate on the back end. Or on my monochrome, I really wanted to bring out the lemon in the Rwanda, and then have the body and the sweetness of a Brazil and an El Salvador. And so it's just that kind of thought process going into it with my like scent and like all my senses just doing the art of it and the and everything but also putting in the science of hey i have all this trial and error from back in the day i know what i'm doing in a way now i'm still not an expert by any means but i kind of have uh, an idea of what i'm doing when i'm i'm roasting what has the reception to your coffee and your company been like you know when you started telling people hey i'm going to do this and have my own business how did people respond and what is the state of your company, your business now? So I'm, I'm not a big company by any means. I, I still am working out of my house most of the time for most things. Packaging and everything I do, I do there, but I ship everything from my house. I, I go to USPS and like drop all my, ba my boxes off and uh, pretty much I'm doing it all myself. There's no, no one else other than me in there. I do all the website and I do all the photos and everything. And, uh, it's stressful. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. <laughs> Starting a business is not, not easy. And I remember the first photo job I ever had, the owner of the company was like, man, you are going to hate your life if you start your own company. And I don't do, I don't hate my life. That's for sure. But it's, it's definitely, definitely stressful. So I see where he was coming from. I'm hand delivering coffee sometimes to people. If I get an order, 
you know, I'll message them and I'll be like, Hey, my roast is a little my, on the older side right now. Let me go roast this, this week. And I will send you a fresh batch. You know, a lot of people very much love my coffee. Like I got a message the other day from some of the guys that I hand delivered to. And I started crying when they sent me a message. Like, you know, the, the smell of your coffee filling up the room here at the office is amazing. And people are loving it and people are asking questions about it. And it's just like, man, all my hard work is not going unseen, no matter how small the company is or anything like that. But my effort until now is, uh, is getting noticed and I don't need it to be, you know, by 10 million people. I just like, if I get a message like that from a customer, it just makes me happy. And that's the whole, the whole goal. But so far the reception of my coffee has been pretty good. I've always, I always felt a lot of pride in working in the hospitality industry as a restaurant uh, GM or owner or whatever. I always felt a lot of pride knowing that like we in some ways kind of had the ability to kind of make or, or break someone's day to some extent, the experience they had at the bar, you know, after work or, you know, with their family for dinner. uh, Those are the things that people remember, not so much, you know, the logistics of the day. And so coffee is like that too. So that's really Mm-hmm. Uh, it's nice that people reach out. I, I encourage anyone who loves a local coffee shop or roaster or has a great experience with a business, let them know. There's probably somebody on the other side of that social media exchange or Google review or whatever who feels it the way that Alan is talking about right now. Oh, 100%. I still work as a barista, so I, I get that. <laughs> yeah. And also tip your baristas. Please. What are <laughs> Where do you see Twin Lens going over the next year, next couple of years, um, it sounds like you're you're passionate about it. You're into it. You're not planning on stopping anytime soon. So, what is the trajectory that you envision? So, over the next couple of years, I'm hoping in the next like five years to have a small shop. The next year, probably, I've been doing a lot of coffee carts, so I do events, and I'm trying to get into farmers markets. That's a little bit difficult, but going selling my coffee. And also serving espresso. So I have a, a Linea Mini and I my monochrome blend that I developed, I really wanted to showcase that on espresso. So I take my machine out to different different places and like serve lattes and cappuccinos and the whole thing. So it's I wanna make I wanna really push that side of my business over the next few few years and really get my coffee known. Whether it's in a latte or whether it's in just like an Americano or a pour over or something. I want to make sure that people are loving not only like brewing at home, but, you know, coming and getting a coffee at a farmer's market on a Saturday morning or something. It's that's my goal for the next year is to really push that and uh, and get a lot of events and stuff like that and grow the business slowly, gradually over time. Next five years, hopefully have a shop here in, uh, in either Orange County or L.A. or wherever it really feels right. You know, me and a couple of buddies were thinking about opening a shop under a different name up north in the next couple of years and pushing pushing that with twin lens roasters in the back roasting for that kind for that company and stuff but you know my horizons are are broad for sure <laughs> but I'm I'm very much hoping and dreaming about all this stuff constantly there has to be a little bit of dreaming uh, to be an entrepreneur uh, because without oh, it you, you wouldn't keep working through all the challenges that keep popping up is there anything that we didn't talk about today or that I didn't ask you that you want people to know about what it is you're doing or about the coffees that you're serving? Well, 
In general, Twin Lens, is, it's not only a coffee roasting company. I'd love people to know that. It's it's a film lab as well. And um, I kind of want to push over the next few years, like, hey, you know, I also develop film. If you want to get into film or you're already into film, I do more than a lot of labs nowadays. I have the most modern processing for that kind of stuff and uh, scanning methods and everything. And I kind of want people to just get more into it. I want to keep it like open. Just in general with coffee, I don't want to be a coffee snob. I don't want to be a film snob either. And I want to teach people. I want to make sure that people are enjoying it as much as I do. So yeah, Twin Lens Roasters, Film Lab, and Coffee Company uh, together in one, if you didn't know that. I will warn you if you're listening to this, coffee and photography are addictions, and uh, you should know that going into it. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've put in a lot of money into both, so <laughs> they're, they're very much a hobby and, uh, and uh, an addiction at the same time. When you are out in the world, when you're traveling around and you stop to get a cup of coffee or a whatever, what is it that you order? What do you like to drink? I drink a variety of things. Uh, as of lately, I've been really into matcha. Uh, this, I really love matcha, I'm not going to lie. But if I'm in the mood for it, I, I order a pour over. Just I don't really have a preference for where it's from, but I like, uh, I like pour overs that are funky. I like pour overs that are, you know, chocolatey, traditional, what you'd expect a, a traditional like Latin American coffee to f taste like. I like trying different espressos and cappuccinos and uh, I'm a, I very much like milk drinks. I'm not going to lie. I'll, I'll drink an espresso, but uh, if you give me a good cappuccino, I will, uh, I will destroy that thing. <laughs> yeah. The other day I had a, I had an a, a cappuccino with, I forget where the coffee was from, but it had notes of apple in it and it tasted like a Granny Smith apple. And I was like, wow, that's awesome. This is so good. Uh, what I think is amazing is when what, a skill that I'm envious of, because I can't do it myself, certainly not at home, is when roasters or, or when cafes make a milk drink where the milk actually ex accents and enhances the mm -hmm. flavors as opposed to covers them up. Because yeah. I think traditionally I assumed you added milk and sugar because you didn't like the taste of coffee. And what I've learned over the last few years is like, well, that's true if the coffee isn't very good, but you can also mm -hmm. do it in a way where you're enhancing those flavors like the apple or the berry or the whatever. And, mm -hmm. and that's where the idea of recipes come in. I, and I'm soapboxing. There's a reason why cafes will put a certain amount of milk with a certain amount of coffee or vice versa. You're not, it's something, it's not always just winging it, uh, which is my natural mm -hmm. tendency. Yeah. Uh, Alan, I really appreciate you coming on the show. I I'm excited to try your coffee and to learn more about twin lens. See you guys, you grow. Uh, I love both coffee and photography. So I'm excited that somebody's out there doing film. Thanks for being here. Uh, I really appreciate it. No, thank you. I appreciate the invite. This was unexpected to say the least, but I'm, I'm very happy to, to be on here and to talk to you and to see you <laughs> screen to screen. Okay, to recap, after talking to Alan, I watched the trailer for Courage the Cowardly Dog, and wow, I say this with a love of the absurd. This show looks batshit crazy, and there are no way the animators weren't on drugs when they made it. I'll be binging episodes all week. You can find old clips of the show on YouTube, which is where Alan's early coffee education came from. We have been in this incredible time, where information is literally available on any topic we want to learn about, every moment, of every day. 
although it has gotten a little bit more difficult to sift through the quantity for the quality. Two common denominators between Ellen's photography film lab and coffee roasting efforts stuck out to me. Intentionality and the tactile experience. There are a lot of parallels in the processes. Both involve following step-by-step recipes that require moderating the timing of developing the final product. And they are both unique in that he is starting with someone else's halfway done science experiment, then running an experiment of his own and offering the final product to either the original photographer or to us as drinkers of craft coffee. Alan brought up something I've heard repeated by roasters on this show. The growth in roasting skills is directly related to the value of comparing roasts, both against a baseline provided by another roaster or against yourself over time. Alan roasted for a year practicing, comparing each roast to the one prior, before believing it was time to share his coffee with other people. If you want to be a coffee roaster, at least a really good one, prepare to go through lots of trial and error, and don't be surprised if there is a tipping point where you want to quit or you feel too embarrassed to go on, as Alan did for a brief moment when he smoked out the California Roasting Collective in front of a group of peers. It's a good lesson that perseverance and persistence go a long way. Twin Lens Roasters is still small and new. It's a one-person operation. And Alan is still working as a barista at a local coffee shop. It makes me wonder, is Twin Lens Roasters the side hustle, or is the regular paycheck at the coffee shop the side hustle? I wonder that often about this show and my efforts. Finally, anyone who creates something, be it a widget, a meal, an experience, or a bag of roasted coffee, is offering us a piece of themselves. They are being vulnerable in a really scary way because that thing is a piece of who they are. If you appreciate a small business product or an experience or a cup of coffee, let the creators know. On the other side of that thank you or that review or that note, someone like Alan will feel it deeply. You can follow Alan and Twin Lens Roasters for photography and coffee updates on social media at Twin Lens Roasters. If you're interested in ordering some coffee, or seeing how Alan blends modern technology on the film development side, head to TwinLensRoasters.com. I'll include those links in this show's podcast notes, and of course in the Roast West Coast newsletter, which you can subscribe to on RoastWestCoast.com. If you're in the early stages of your own coffee journey, that is also where you'll find the brand new Coffee Smarter Education podcast, specifically designed to improve your at-home coffee brewing skills. You can also find both the Roast West Coast Coffee People podcast and Coffee Smarter on all of your favorite podcast platforms, like Apple, Spotify, or even YouTube. Thanks for letting me know what you like and don't like about this show by rating and reviewing, wherever you can. Those ratings really do help bump this podcast out to more people. I'm told it's an algorithm thing. This show is supported by some great coffee industry partners. They are Café La Terre, Camp Coffee Company, Coffee Cycle Roasting, Ignite Coffee Company, Marea Coffee, First Light Coffee Whiskey, Cape Horn Coffee Importers, Zumbar Coffee and Tea, Ascend Coffee Roasters, Mostra Coffee Company, and Steady State Coffee Roasting. I'll be at Coffee Cycle Roasting this weekend for one of their quarterly makers markets. If you find yourself in Pacific Beach, San Diego, please stop by and say hello. Check out at Coffee Cycle Roasting on the social medias for all the details. And again, thank you for listening to and supporting this show by choosing the paid option on the newsletter. I feel a zing every time I see a new email address added to that subscriber role. Thank you. You're the best. 
This episode of the Roast West Coast Coffee People podcast is, was, has been written, produced, and recorded by me, Ryan Wolt. I hope this episode has found you happy, healthy, and with at least a thread of sanity left, enabling you to make it through the day. Always tip your baristas, and be sure to drink good coffee. This podcast is a listener and reader-supported creative effort. Some of our amazing readers and listeners have chosen paid subscriptions to the Roast West Coast Coffee Newsletter on RoastWestCoast.com. They are part of a growing community of people who appreciate craft coffee, learning about coffee, and being inspired by the guests on this show. If you are able, and this show has been going well, with your morning mug of your favorite coffee, please subscribe to the paid newsletter at RoastWestCoast.com. Thanks for listening, thanks for subscribing, and thanks for drinking good coffee.